Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 345. As part of our Smithsonian Associates interview series, we are joined today by master puppeteer Rick Lyon. In July 2003, a very different sort of musical opened on Broadway. It wasn't based on a blockbuster film or play or best-selling book. It wasn't compiled from popular songs, and it didn't take place somewhere far away or long ago. It was entirely original, set in contemporary New York, and perhaps most surprisingly, featured colorful puppets in its lead roles. The show was Avenue Q, with music and lyrics by Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks, and a book by Jeff Witte, Avenue Q, open to rave reviews, and it went on to receive three Tony Awards, including Best Musical. When it officially closes on May 23, 2019, the New York production will have played more than 6,000 performances. Before the curtain falls, we will hear from Rick Lyon, who conceived, designed, and built all the puppets for Avenue Q. Rick Lyon is with us today in a rare interview opportunity for the Not All Better Show audience. You can see Rick Lyon and fellow cast member Jennifer Barnhart as they celebrate Avenue Q April 27, 2019. But we have Rick Lyon today, so please join me in welcoming to the Not All Better Show via internet phone, master puppeteer from Avenue Q, Rick Lyon. Well, Rick Lyon, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm so pleased to be here with you and having our, our first conversation together. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, I'm excited to talk to you about Avenue Q. I think this is just a wonderful show. There's a part of me that is going to miss it. We'll talk a little bit about that, but briefly describe your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. Okay, well, uh, it's a program that we're doing uh, Saturday evening. Uh, which the general public is invited to, but it's primarily a Smithsonian Associates event um, for for members. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about the history of the show, but our our main focus is going to be talking about how Avenue Q deserves a place in the history of American theater. You know, what, what is unique, what was innovative about the show, what was groundbreaking about the show, not, not just from a content point of view, but also from it, the way it used puppets on Broadway in a way that no one has ever seen before. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for just a second. What made Avenue Q so different from other Broadway musicals? But what do you think made Avenue Q so appealing? It, there's a, a vast a number of reasons that Avenue Q was sort of different, and, and I use that in quotes. But one of the, one of the things uh, is that it is set in the current. It's set in the now. Uh, most Broadway musicals are like, you know, long ago and far away or some mythic place or something like that. <laughs> Avenue Q takes place in contemporary New York City, you know, so so that made it unusual. Uh, it's not like Oklahoma, you know, it's it's not Camelot. It's not something, you know, that's out of touch with reality uh, that we're living now. Um, and that's the other thing that makes it in it and that made it innovative, made it different is that it concerned contemporary Issues. We we always felt that one of the strengths of the show was that we're not sort of dealing with just one person's little story. 
We're, we're dealing with bigger issues. We're dealing with life issues. And, that's, and I think that's one of the things that sort of surprised us about Avenue Q's. We thought we were creating a show for 20-somethings because that was our point of view. You know, Bobby and Jeff were, the, the creators of Avenue Q, were 20-somethings. And it's largely based on their personal experiences. And we thought that was the demographic of the show. But once we got it up and running, what, what surprised us was that the broad appeal of the show, kids who were still in college mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and looking forward to what was coming up, people who had just finished college and were identifying with all the problems that the main character Princeton has in the show, and people who had graduated a long time ago from college because one of the truths about avenue q one of the central themes is that everybody's always kind of looking for their way in the world you know nobody's ever really settled into anything everybody's always struggling with where they fit into uh the universe and so that that is one of the things that uh that makes the show successful of course i know we touched it on briefly and we'll talk about it more but of course Puppets being the main characters mm-hmm. was a significant innovation. Uh, there have been puppets in shows before, and of course, everybody always goes, "Yeah, but the Lion King on Broadway had, but yeah, but none of the puppets in Lion King are the main characters." <laughs> yes. Think about it: most of the puppets in Lion King are sort of scenic effects. Some of the supporting characters are puppets, but all of the main characters are people in masks and you know headgear and stuff. So, Avenue Q was the very first musical to have puppets as the lead characters in the show. And, of course, one of the other things that made Avenue Q different was that it was written by nobodies. You know, Bobby and Jeff had no, you know, uh, known career before Avenue Q came along. And that's also unusual. Most people labor on musicals and, you know, for, for decades, maybe, you know, it, it had had a quick trajectory. So it was fresh. It was a fresh point of view. It happened here and now. So I think those are just some of the things that made Avenue Q so successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you refer to music and lyrics by Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks. Another name, of course, Jennifer Barnhart <laughs> yes. will join you. At my, my partner in crime. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely your, your partner in crime. So Jennifer Barnhart will be joining you uh, at the Smithsonian. How how difficult is it to man the puppets that require both of you? I've I've heard you refer to this as a, uh, with an interesting reference to Fred and Ginger Rogers. Well, there were a great many advantages to having Jen and I partner together. First of all, Avenue Q was not the first thing we ever did together. We had known each other for a decade before Avenue Q even came along. Um, in fact, it was me saying to the producers, we we should have Jen on board, you know, that helped make that happen. Um, because I'd known her all, all of the main puppeteers, all of the original cast members, Stephanie DeBruzzo and John Tartaglia, who were both Tony uh, award nominated for their roles in the show. And me and Jen were all career puppeteers. I'd known them all for years before Avenue Q. It's not like we were all just thrown together for the show. We'd known each other. And I brought Johnny and Stephanie to the project when it was in development. Johnny was the first one. Uh, and uh, so we all knew each other. And I think that's actually one of the other things that made success the show successful to begin with mm-hmm. is that we didn't have to sort of build an ensemble. We already, you know, we came to the show knowing each other. And so our, you know, our, uh, the, our ability to work together was palatable right from the, the beginning. But in terms of Jen and me, working uh, for, for a live show, working a 
puppet that has to be performed in tandem by two people like Jen and I do is actually really tricky. And there's, there's sort of no better comparison than saying it's, it's like having a dance partner. It really is that complicated. You have to know what each other is going to do all the time and you can't surprise each other. You know, uh, we, we sort of, you know, we, we sort of fell on the shorthand of how describing ourselves on Avenue Q as being like, well, we're the Fred and Ginger of, of Avenue Q. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's sort of true. It, it, it you know, um, even though I was the lead performer on those characters, there was nothing that I could have done without Jen being there, you know, in the, in the right hand of the characters. Um, and, and like I said, you really, one of the, one of the differences between a, a tandem performance like that, and obviously somebody like who is performed by a single performer, like Kate Monster is just Stephanie or Rod is just Johnny. Um, they can basically, um, change their performance up, you know, in the heat of the moment as, as see, they see fit in a live performance. Well, in a, tandem performance you can't do that you know you you have to you can't throw each other you have to have pretty much every moment planned of course there's always you know every performance is different and there will be you know emotional moments that land differently and stuff but basically the physicality of it you kind of got to do the same thing every night uh just like a dance recital you know or dance performance so that was that was one of the things and 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 like i said jen and i had known each other for years before we even did the show and so we already had, you know, a, a relationship going into it where we knew we worked well together. We're with Rick Lyon. Rick Lyon and Jennifer Barnhart will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Program Saturday, April 27th at the Ripley Center. Rick, it is so great to talk to you, talking a little bit about Avenue Q, talking a lot about puppets in addition to appearing on stage. You also design the Avenue Q puppet. So what goes into a well-designed puppet? I designed all of them. <laughs> I, I am, I'm the puppet designer. Yeah, I created all the puppets for the show. Um, yeah, that was a real challenge. And, and if anybody had told me how hard it was going to be to wear all the hats that I wore, because I was also the lead puppet builder. I didn't just, you know, design them and say, okay, you guys build them. You know, I was also the lead builder <laughs> for the Avenue Q puppets. So um, if anybody had told me how hard doing that all was and being in the show at the same time, I probably would never have done it. And there's, there's, there's a really good reason that you don't see designers in the shows that they design because it's just too hard. But I, you know, being young and foolish, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was, it was my privilege and pleasure to design and create all the puppets for Avenue Q. I, my relationship to Avenue Q and Jeff and Bobby actually preclude uh, pre uh, dates my association with Avenue Q. I worked with Bobby and Jeff before Avenue Q, and that's why uh, we knew we worked well together and were excited to do something else. Um, we met when Bobby and Jeff were students at the BMI Musical Theater Workshop in New York, and uh, you know I, I, I did some puppet stuff with them then. Uh, in their, in their, in their nascent, you know, partnership days. And, uh, and it carried over into Avenue Q. And one of the, one of the weird things about having created all those puppets for Avenue Q is that I've always made puppets for my own work. You know, uh, basically 
you know, I, I couldn't find puppets that I wanted to work with for my own work, so I created my own. Mm-hmm. And I sort of never anticipated that I'd be making puppets that so many other people would be using. So that was that was an incredible part of the journey for me, you know, to, to, to take the art form that I'd been doing for myself for so long and, you know, handing it to other people as, as well. And uh, that was one of the challenges, of course, of the show was to make puppets in the style that I'd always made for my own live performances and stuff for repeat performances, you know, instead of just for me, you know, a couple of shows here and there, but <laughs> to perform eight shows a week for years on end, you know, uh, the challenge was, okay, how do I goof proof these things so they're not falling apart on stage, which was no mean feat in and of itself. One of the challenges to me has to be taking a puppet and creating a believable actor from that. How do you do that? Well, I think that's, that's one of the great mysteries of art, isn't it? How, how do you, how do you come up with <laughs> something that people, you know, uh, relate to. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know I don't know that I even have the answer for that question. I think part of it's in intuition. I just you know, this is if if I make something that, that I buy, you know, and that, that I uh, that I'm attracted to, then hopefully other people will be attracted to it too. Um, and in terms of, you know, the I think one of the things that's key for me is there are a lot of puppets out there that look great. But the important thing is not just that they look great, they also have to work well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always prided myself in, is that I make puppets that work well. And that's, and that's an aesthetic that I, you know, learned with from, you know, just years of hacking away at it myself and realizing that it doesn't matter how good it looks if you can't move it. <laughs> and that's, that's the essence of, of, of a puppet. It is a piece of kinetic art. It has to move well. Mm. You know, you can't, you, you can make a great looking brick, but you can't move it. <laughs> you know, it, it has to move well. And that, that's the trick of making a good puppet. That's what really brings a puppet to life. Of course, the, the, uh, the skill of the performer is ultimately, you know, what happens in front of an audience. But they, you have to give them a good tool. Uh, a puppet is a performance tool. It's just like a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can... I mean, that's one of the most direct comparisons. A, a, a musical instrument um, is something that, you know, you blow into or you, you know, uh, bow uh, on uh, to make it make sound. And it's a, a thing that's outside of the performer, that the performer exerts their effort on to create a performance. Well, a puppet is the same exact kind of thing, but the the principle... Uh, you know, medium is not the sound, it's the movement of the puppet. So you have to make something that moves well. Does that make sense? It does. And that's very helpful. I like that phrase, the puppet is like a musical instrument. It just brings to mind how functional it must be, and yet it's got to be a beautiful work of art at the same time. Well, and, and, and it's it's an easy comparison because, I mean, we there are lots of bad musical instruments. You know, there are lots of pianos that just don't work as well as, you know, a Steinway or whatever, you know, there, there are, uh, and it, and it's sort of, you know, it sort of doesn't matter how good a performer you are. If you have a bad piano, you can only ring just so much of a performance out of it. So it's really critical to have good tools, uh, you know, to be able to do your job as a puppeteer. So that's, that's always something that's forward in my mind. Rick Lyon, we really appreciate your time. I just have one final question for you because I know, I know you're very busy these days. 
Avenue Q will officially close off-Broadway in late May, and puppets are a big yes. part of it. Yes, it will, sadly, I suppose, uh, for, for many of us. I, I wonder, what's next for you? Well, I'm like so many performers. I'm, I'm a typical freelancer. I, I don't have any one thing that I work on at any one time. I've always got, you know, irons in several fires, and so that'll continue. Uh, I, am, I am hoping... I have a you know a set of uh, rental puppets that I rent out hmm. for regional uh, you know performances of Avenue Q, regional productions and stuff like that. And I'm sort of hoping that. And I also I, I travel all over the world uh, and teach puppetry. I coach people who are going to be doing Avenue Q as to how to how to do the show. Um, and I'm sort of hoping that you know the end of the production here in New York will inspire other people in other places to do the show more often. So maybe, you know, I'll be busier doing that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. And also in terms of the show closing in New York, as, as Bobby Lopez said to me, uh, well, you know, it, yes, it's sad that the show is closing in New York, but if it doesn't close in New York now, it can't be on Broadway again. <laughs> so you always look to that revival <laughs> down the road somewhere. Definitely. And shows get revived so quickly now. You know, I mean, how long ago was the last production mm-hmm. of Fiddler on the Roof? You know, it was only a couple of years ago. And it was only a couple of years before that that the last revival before that was. So you always keep your fingers crossed and hope that, you know, it'll find a life, uh, another life down the road somewhere. We'll be rooting for a revival, most definitely. <laughs> and hats off to you for all your hard work on Avenue Q. We're looking forward to seeing you this Saturday, as a matter of fact, coming up here very quickly. Yes, just to whet people's appetite, Jen and I will not just be sitting and talking about the show. We've got a little performance uh, planned as well. So come on and see us do our thing as puppeteers. That is good to have you point that out as well. We appreciate it. And thanks so much for your time today. I look forward to seeing you uh, coming up here on Saturday. But thanks, Rick Lyon. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks to Rick Lyon, who will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Program Saturday, April 27, 2019 at the Ripley Center in Washington, D.C. More details are available on our website. Thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. And thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Remember, talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.